Another Way to Play, episode 66. I think with anything, you have to start before you're ready. So if you wait for that perfect opportunity to do something, you are never going to do it. This is Christy Cronin, author and nurse practitioner. And if you want to learn to make the next chapter of your life better than the last, then you should be listening to Another Way to Play with my good friend, Hodge Trezina. Welcome to Another Way to Play, your wake-up call to finally make a difference by creating a life defined by freedom. This is about entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and industry professionals that have left the nine-to-five rat race behind by taking that personal leap from where they were to where they want to be. It's time to stop going through the motions, stop hitting the snooze button on your life, and get the insight and inspiration to make the next chapter of your life better than your last. This is Another Way to Play with your host, Hans Struzina. This is Another Way to Play. I am your host, Hans Struzina, and I believe that if you trade hours for dollars, you will never achieve true freedom in your life. Today's guest is a good friend of mine, Christy Cronin. She's a nurse practitioner with experience in primary care and cardiology. Obviously, that's not the typical guest profile that we have on, but aside from doing those things, Christy has stepped into the health coaching arena as well as written a book that was recently published called Black Balloons. Uh, We get into that specifically and why she did it. I also wanted to bring her on because I think she has a really fantastic perspective for those of us who are in a more traditional nine to five job and perhaps have a family and feel like you want to make a change or do something a little different, but are maybe feeling a little stuck by that. Christy is a great resource. She's got two kids, a great husband, and is definitely someone that you're going to want to know if that applies to you in the least. And if you're getting value out of this show or any other, please head over to iTunes, hit subscribe, uh, leave a rating and written review. It really helps me grow the show as well as gives me critical feedback because I do read all of those. And if you want to connect with me directly, go to the show notes, hit my Calendly link. Let's get on a call and uh, connect one-on-one. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to get to know you. And uh, without any further ado, here's my interview with Christy Cronin. Christy, thank you so much for being on the show today. Very excited to have you on. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for taking the time and having me. Absolutely. Well, we had a good conversation when we officially met in person. We had an internet group relationship before Travis Chapel's Build Your Network event in Vegas last November. Um, so I'm really glad that we get to continue that conversation today um, and you know talk about what you're doing. But before we get into what you're doing now, let's let's back up and build a little bit of context and you know just tell the audience where your journey really began. Sure. So I have now been a nurse for 11 years. I've been a nurse practitioner for six. Um, my experience in nursing kind of stems from cardiology to everything from med surge to ER. I did a little bit of everything as an RN. Um, and then after I became a nurse practitioner, I practiced in primary care for about five years. It was some of the best experience I've ever gotten, but it was also some of the hardest work I've ever done. I learned so much during that time. I was pushed. I um, really gave everything I had to that particular clinic and what I was doing. During my time there, while I enjoyed what I was doing, there 
was something that was lacking. I wasn't completely in love with the environment. I was struggling. I was unhappy a lot of times. Even though I loved my job role and caring for people and being a nurse practitioner, I still had this void. I was like, what is missing here? Like something just, I just wasn't happy. So during that time, I kind of started exploring some other avenues and different ways to kind of bring some enjoyment back to what I do and what I love. And during that time, I started kind of doing like a side health coaching business. It was a lot of fun. I did a lot of charity work with it. And in that process, I kind of got into personal growth and development. I learned about podcasts, which Mm -hmm. might sound kind of ridiculous to people that I was what, like 30 years old and didn't know about all of this. But, you know, in the medical field, we're so driven to be doing what we're doing with medicine that we don't necessarily know about this whole other world that exists. Um, So I was kind of introduced to this whole new exciting space during that time. And it started making what I was doing in the clinic better. It was interesting. Like I got more excited about what I was doing outside of it. And then all of a sudden, I hated being at my job less. It created more context there. And things just started to become a little bit more enjoyable. And I just continued to further dive into that. Things didn't end up working out with the health coaching as far as that being like a long-term thing. I did it for a year. I don't regret anything about it. And again, it opened me up to this whole new space that I'm in now. And without it, I wouldn't be here. And then during that time, I actually ended up shifting back into a role um, as a nurse practitioner in cardiology. So I'm back in my most beloved space. I couldn't be happier in what I'm doing as an NP. But I also continue to build on other things. Like I just feel like it's important for people to know that you're not limited by anything. So even if you've chosen a career path or there's something that you have worked your whole life for and you get it. And then you're like, okay, now what? There's still more, like you can still pursue other things. You're not done. So I've kind of been in the last couple of years in that arena and starting to look into other things. And that's how I've kind of gone down this rabbit hole of becoming an author and continuing to dive further into publishing. And it's been really exciting and awesome and again brings a whole new life to everything that you do. So hopefully that kind of provides a little bit of a background and how I've ended up in this very different place that I am right now. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for all of that context and for explaining all that to us. So when you're in that moment of, you know, you're in the nurse practitioner world, you're really focused on what it is that you're doing in medicine but you're not feeling energized, you're not feeling excited about the environment you're in. Like a lot of people feel that dissatisfaction or that, that friction in some way, but then you decided to do something different. Can you talk about that process and how you realized that you could do that and you know, what it is you did and, and the thought process behind it and, and the actions you took? Yeah, so for me, it became, how can I serve people in a different way? So I loved what I was doing in the office, but like you're saying, I was just, I was drained and I knew that there kind of had to be more to life. It's not how we're designed to live. We're supposed to have joy in what we're doing. So I began looking for other ways to help people with the knowledge and the skills that I already had. So we all have these things that we've learned throughout our lives or experiences that have kind of 
made us who we are. And those are not for loss. Those are all for a reason. So even in what I was doing as an NP, what I've done as a waitress, what I've done throughout college jobs and things like that, you can take all of that experience and roll that into something. And I started kind of looking at all of those things and thought, you know, well, it would be really fun to try something different. I had a really good friend that had jumped in and was starting her health coaching business. And I was watching what she was doing. And I saw that she was having a lot of fun with it and thought, you know what? I, I can health coach people. I can definitely use my NP skills and my health knowledge, my love for fitness to do something a little different and also make an impact on people. And I kind of took it to another level and, um, took what I was making from health coaching and I would put it towards different charities. So if there was an organization that I was really passionate about or something that I wanted to give into, I was taking money from what I was making health coaching and putting it towards serving. So it added all these different layers to what I was doing. And not only were people benefiting from the health coaching, but other people were benefiting through the organizations that we were supporting. And it was a way that like all of us could feel good about it. So it just started bringing new life to me. And I was learning all of these new and different things along the way. Um, so it was just a cool way to get out of my kind of funk that I was in. Mm. So really it's like, do something different. Like if you're in the funk, you have to actually take action and do something different. And you found an outlet through your friend that was obviously health coaching, but it could have been something else. But ultimately, rather than just kind of sit and stew in this environment of negativity that whether it was perceived or actual is sort of, you know, for each person to decide, but ultimately you got out there and you tried something new. Yeah. And I think that we need to realize that we don't need permission to do that. Um, You know, you don't have to be miserable in your situation. Granted that, yes, if you are working a nine to five, it might mean that you need to explore other avenues and look for a different job if it's gotten to that point. But if that's not the case, like for me, it wasn't a time where I could just leave what I was doing. I couldn't. Mm -hmm. I have a family to support. I run our insurance through... um, what I do for our entire family. So I, you know, you have to look at those responsibilities and things too. So you have to be smart about it, but there are options and there are different things that you can do and you can start exploring all of it. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, and like we were talking about too, I mean, where do you get information on stuff like that? Well, there's podcasts, there's YouTube videos, there are courses, like really anything and everything you ever want to know about doing something or changing a career path or changing a plan on something you can find on the internet, mostly for free. (laughs) Mostly for free, exactly. The realization of that is obviously the first step and then actually deciding to do something different, I think is like having that difference between it would be nice to do blah, and then actually doing it. Like what ultimately made you take the action? Because I think a lot of like ideas are a dime a dozen and ideals are just like sort of their potential, right? There it's a potential, um, you know, a financial opportunity, a potential energy gain, but until you actually implement it's, it's all just hypothetical and potential, right? So how did you go from idea to execution and like actually start doing the health coaching? Yeah, you're exactly right. So I think with anything, you have to start before you're ready. 
So if you wait for that perfect opportunity to do something, you are never going to do it. There's never a perfect time. There's never a perfect situation. If it's something that's on your heart or you feel that you're being pulled in a different direction or you have an interest in an area, I truly believe that that is laid on you for a reason and you need to tap into that. The outcome of it might not look exactly like what you think it's going to look like, but you have to take that step. Don't ignore that. Don't turn it off. Definitely start exploring it. Um, And you can start with little steps. Like I was saying, like do a little research on something that you're interested in. Like for me, it was, it was that step with health coaching. Okay. So what is this What is this network marketing all about? What can I learn about this? How can I learn more about social media? Can I do a free Instagram course? Oh, yep, there's one of those. I can take that. So you start just taking these little pieces and then all of a sudden you're learning more and more and you're further along than you would have realized very quickly. So take some small steps to just maybe start Googling around Mm -hmm. what it is and then you can find these ways to sort of incorporate this stuff in your life and in very small ways. And I love that, that you gave that sort of practical example of listening to a podcast or taking an Instagram course or going to a meetup. I mean, you didn't say that explicitly, but you know, those sorts of things that are relatively low risk, low time, low energy inputs, but can really start to move you in an interesting and different direction. But there's something just before that, that you said that I think is really critical, which is like, you don't have to be totally ready to start. And I had some guests on the show recently who actually both, I recorded two episodes in the same day and they don't know each other, but they said the same thing, which was kind of weird, um, which is basically there's strength and power in the unknown. And basically if you're feeling something like letting go of the control, like everything has to be right and just go forward and and just trust that you're going to be able to respond to it. And if it's, if it's right, like it, and, and it will never show up, like it being the result will never show up in the way that you expected. But if you, if you trust it and you move through it, it will show up. There's sort of a woo woo factor to something like that, but I've really started to take that, into my own personal life and it sounds like you have as well to some degree and just like this feels right let's just go for it we're never ready for what it is like starting a podcast for example I was not ready to start this podcast when I started it but I did it you know and have led me to some pretty interesting places as a result right and all of those places are valuable so just like you're saying, like you weren't ready to start, but look at you now. I think I looked today, you're like 40 something episodes in. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, and it all like, it happens very organically and quicker than you would realize. And all of a sudden you're becoming more comfortable. And now you're accustomed to all of these skills that you wouldn't have had otherwise. You have connections mm-hmm. with people that you wouldn't have had otherwise. So the beauty in the process really is of extreme value too. And I think that that's something really important for people to understand as well, that even if it doesn't turn into this huge successful business or for me, like nonprofit, all these things that I had in mind, I don't regret a second of it. And it also has taken me to where I'm at today. And I wouldn't be there if I wouldn't have taken that first step. It's like anything, like becoming a parent. No one's like ready to become a parent when it's your first time. You don't know what you're doing. It happens and then you dive in and you have to figure it out. And it's, it's no different with something like this. When 
you first started, what kind of help or mentorship or advice did you get and, and how did you seek that stuff out? So, um, when I decided that I was going to launch into kind of becoming an author and writing and publishing in a very different way than I've done before. So I'm lucky in the sense that some of my past experience, and this is another thing that we're talking about, that it's never for loss. I worked as a graduate assistant for one of my professors in grad school. And Mm -hmm. she actually said to me, and I didn't think I was doing anything great. You know, part of my job was to pull articles and write for her. And then we would publish these articles together. And I just thought that I was doing what everyone does. I was pulling and writing and pulling and writing. And before Mm -hmm. I knew it, I was published six times over. And I remember her sitting there and going, you're the first student I've ever had to have this level of success. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And she's like, well, I might get one article a year out of somebody. And you've been here for two semesters and we're six articles in. And I was like, well, I just thought that that's what I, I just was doing what I thought I was supposed to do. And the thing with that skill is that that has transitioned into where I'm at now. I was told I was a good writer then, and I didn't really think anything of it. I just thought I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. Um, so everything that I gleaned from that experience has been helpful in transitioning to writing in a different way. And then, knowing what goes into editing, knowing what goes into the publishing process. So while it's different right now, that was a huge factor. So I played into a lot of that. And then also, I don't, I didn't really have anyone as far as the book that like sat down with me and laid out for me, this is what you need to do. This is how you do it. I kind of just wild, wild west went for it. I have a few women in my life that are absolutely amazing that happen to be authors and speakers and they've been amazing and kind of giving me some ins and outs and help along the way. One thing too that I feel like we should mention is that you can have mentors from afar as well. So Mm -hmm. I think both of us too, we've connected through Travis. We mentioned him. He's been um, very influential and helpful to me as far as building a network, building connections with people, being able to build relationships. So there's ways that you can learn from someone else and take what they've done and what they've accomplished. And okay, so how did they get here? What worked for them? How can I apply that to what I'm trying to do? And the person may not even know that you're doing that. So Mm -hmm. there's the ability to take what other people are doing, really learn from it and apply it. Absolutely. And I like that you sort of talked about a variety of mentorships and relationships that you had built even back to your college days and the experiences that you pulled out of that that didn't really come full circle until you actually started writing this book. And I mean, just to give context, like the time between you were publishing all those articles to the time you published the book, what are we talking about time-wise? So let me think. Okay. So I've been a nurse practitioner about six years. So we're talking six, seven years in between that. And most people would probably, I mean, they would say, I've learned this skill. Like, how is this going to help me? Like, there's no way at that time that you could have said, 
I'm going to help publish all these articles to increase my writing ability, increase, you know, how many articles have my name on them so that in six or seven years, I can then publish a book that's totally unrelated to the content that I was putting out earlier. (laughs) And along the way, I'm going to listen to all these podcasts and then have all these ideas, right? Like, and I'm going to health coach and I'm going to do all these things. Like, you just couldn't have done it. And I think that you, you sort of summed it up, like you, you pull from your experiences in the past and then that sort of leads you to this direction and you just make the most out of what's in front of you based on what you've created and what you've done in the past. And this is again, something that I've been thinking about a lot lately. And I, I'd love to get your, your two cents on it, which is sort of this concept of regret. And I ask a a version of this question, which is like, if you could go back to where your journey began or to your first job or your college days, your high school days and give yourself some advice, what would you do? Or would you take that experience back and and change it and, and dump all the knowledge you have into that person? And I'm curious if you have an opinion on that or, or if you feel like you're given the option, you would have just replayed it exactly the same way. This is a really good question. Um, and regret is a big thing. I think at one point in my life, I probably would have said that I regret certain decisions that I've made as far as like career path and things like that. But I can sit here today and tell you, no, I don't regret anything because I wouldn't be who I am or be where I'm at today if these things wouldn't have happened to me. So I don't regret the decisions that I've made. And I think that's about perspective too. Like you have to kind of shift into this perspective of life happening for you, not to you. And things are likely not going to be easy and not going to work out the way that you might think that they're supposed to. But in the process of going through it, everything that comes from it is so, so valuable. And if you use that, you're going to go way further than you could have ever imagined. Absolutely. As you even just said that, like, it's all about perspective. I think there are sort of two camps around perspective specifically. One is like you should sort of focus on your own goals, your own potential and stay that course and not compare yourself to others. And then there's sort of the perspective Mm -hmm. world, which is like make sure that you take a moment to like lift your head up and look around and see how far you've come and see what others are doing relative and, and sort of gain that. Do you feel like in your experience that, you know, looking around at what you've created, looking back and sort of taking a moment to be proud of that is a good thing? Or is that something that you would advise people like just keep your head down, focus on your own potential and your goals and and kind of operate in that bubble? I think that there's a time and place for both um, because it's interesting too, because I've walked through different avenues with all of this as well. And it's funny because last year there's a book that came into my life that came out a perfect time. It's called To Hell with the Hustle. It's by Jefferson Bethke. Mm-hmm. And it challenges a lot of the things that I had been struggling with um, because I am super goal-oriented. And I think that it can become this checkbox that like, I want to do this by a certain time or I want to sell this many copies of my book. I want to do this. But the truth is that like those are okay things to have, but you do need to focus on kind of what is coming out of what you're doing. What's the purpose behind what you're doing? And Mm -hmm. that's when 
you do have to watch for comparison, just like you're saying, because it's really easy in the world that we live in to look out and you might feel good about what you're doing. And then all of a sudden you see somebody else doing the same thing and they're a New York times bestseller. And you're like, I sold a hundred copies. <laughs> yeah. So you can like, it, it can go both ways. And that I want to like speak to that because people don't let yourself feel bad about stuff like that. Like never, ever compare yourself and think, that what you've done is for loss because it's not like whatever you're working on should be to reach that one person or to fulfill that particular purpose that you have. And then all of the experiences that you get through it, all of the mm -hmm. change that comes, all of the faithfulness it takes to stick to something, those things are what are truly, truly worth it. Um, so I think as far as that goes, I think there's room for both. I don't know mm -hmm. if that answers the question, but I do think that there's a time and a place for both. I think there's a time for hustle and mm -hmm. for keeping your head down. And then I think that there's a time for reflecting. Where I'm at right now is kind of a reflection phase. It's a little different than where I was at last year. Well said. And you know, I ask that because I, I like getting multiple opinions on the show about all of that sort of thing. It's not straightforward there's no golden, you know, this uh, silver bullet, golden, whatever, golden ticket. I was, that's what I was about to say, <laughs> but there's no catch all sort of system or way of thinking about this sort of stuff that will apply perfectly to everybody. Like that does not exist. And you often will be your worst critic. And especially when you spend time on social media or talking to other people because everybody, whether they post or they talk about it, usually talks about their wins, how well things are going, how exciting it is. And if you get caught up in that comparison world, you will think that the 100 copies of your book that sold is like a total flop or the 20 listeners you have on your podcast, as opposed to, you know, if what we're going for is likes or copies sold or or, or listeners on a podcast, like those can be very challenging metrics. Just like it's hard to get traction in, in a world like that, but it's also a very fleeting, you know, metric to pursue as opposed to what we've says, like, you know, going through the process of writing a book or having conversations with people that you just happen to record in the case of a podcast, like there are other goals and other ways to achieve something out of those efforts and I think it's important to, as you said, bring those into perspective and have those moments of both, essentially. Mm -hmm. 100%. And I think that that's an important thing in our world to remember and to keep your focus in the right place, like your platform and your likes and your comments, like don't get wound up in all of that. I know it can be hard to do. And if you find yourself spiraling into that, stop it like take mm -hmm. a break, walk away because comparison is death. And Ed Milet yeah. does a really good job of kind of laying that out. Um, he has a specific episode that he did on that, that really resonated with me. And I was like, he's right. He's exactly right. Comparison is death. You gotta yeah. just, the only time you should ever do it is when you're looking at someone and you take from it, like, man, something that they're doing is truly incredible. I actually see some characteristics in them that I myself possess. And I want to tap into that a little bit. So I think that that might be the only time that it's actually kind of good to look at somebody else. Um, but if you're not using it for that, then it's got to go. Absolutely. And it's, it's also easy 
to build in a timer, so to say, of your expectations. Like I want to sell X number of books by a certain date, or I want to have a listenership of, of so many people by the end of the year. And think that if you're not hitting those metrics that you're somehow behind. And I'm curious for you, because you've sort of had this like weaving experience in the medical field and then in, in, and, in and out of it as an author and as a, as a health coach, like how has that idea of time played into your, like how you feel successful or not um, in your journey? And, you know, what advice would you give someone who is so focused on, I have to do something by X date, otherwise it's a failure? Yeah, I think that it is important to set time constraints on things because if you don't, you'll never get it done. So Mm -hmm. in writing, I had to set like, I really would like to have this book written in 10 weeks was my goal because Mm -hmm. the book is 10 chapters. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do one chapter a week. That was my goal. And I stuck to that. Now you also have to give yourself grace. There are weeks where I didn't quite hit that. And I was like, oh, well, I didn't quite get as many words done as I thought I was going to. Yeah. Okay. So next week, can I double down on this a little bit to try to stay on track? It's important to stay on track, but to also give yourself wiggle room and space and things and understand that life isn't going to be completely straightforward. There's going to be things that pop up that might be distractions or get you off course, but there's beauty in those too. And I mean, it was the same thing in grad school. Like I really wanted to be done by a certain age. Well, my husband and I got pregnant with my son right in the middle of grad school. (laughs) So that was the most incredible, beautiful thing that could have ever happened to us. And it slowed things down a little bit, but you know what? That was wonderful and great. And sometimes things like that happen. So it's important to set those to keep yourself motivated, but you do have to have an element of flexibility and grace for yourself and just continue to trust the process along the way. Absolutely. And you've alluded to the book, a couple of times here. Can you tell us about the book, what it's about, and what can be found in those 10 chapters? Absolutely. So the book is called Black Balloons uh, Will Pop for Freedom. And a black balloon is a metaphor for a really difficult and unexpected circumstance that enters our life that we we're not necessarily ready for or expecting, which kind of goes along with what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, But throughout my life, I've experienced a lot of them. And I I think we all do. And even though our experiences may be different, I think we can all relate to the fact that we've been given some really hard things that could have taken us out, that could have completely destroyed us, that we could have given up and just said, you know what, enough is enough. And I'm not going to continue making progress or growing. And, you know, those things I want people to realize are actually for you. They're there. They're going to grow you. They're allowed in our lives sometimes to show us different things. We become the person that for me is what God ultimately sees me as and has ultimately known all along that I am meant to be. And without these black balloons in my life, I would never be where I'm at today or be the person that I am today. And that's who he has seen all along. So I want to just give people hope with it. I want them to know that they're not alone and that even though you might be walking through something extremely difficult, you're going to come out on the other side and you're going to look back and actually realize, wow, like I'm better, I'm stronger, I'm more relatable. And this 
thing actually did make me into a better version of who I'm supposed to be. That's awesome. I'm really excited to dig into it myself. It's on my list. Gosh, this list keeps getting bigger and bigger, but I'm going (laughs) to definitely get through it. Thank you for outlining that because I I love the metaphor of the black balloon because that's not a thing you see often. They're usually, you know, colorful and wonderful and animal shaped or, you know, have congratulations written on them. And, you know, that metaphor of like having this thing happen that explodes for you uh, relative to your theme and then viewing it as such. I think that that is so important because it's such a perspective that is challenging to, especially in those moments to hold. Very. Yeah. And I think that that's the thing about it is that when you come out on the other side, you realize that there's real freedom in coming through those circumstances and that you can look back and know that it's shaped you in a better way. And it's possible. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. Well, Christy, thank you so much for your time. I do want to respect the rest of your day and get us uh, towards the end of the show here into the focus five, which is the same five questions I ask every guest on every show. Are you ready? Ready. First question, other than your own, which book have you gifted most often? I was going to say, yeah, there's been a lot of Black Balloons gifts being given out lately. Um, But the one that I mentioned, I kind of gave out to Hell with the Hustle last year. It just really hit home. And in um, business and in a field where we're all like push, push, push and 10x and don't sleep and all of that, this shift was something that was really important for me. And it really spoke to my heart. If you could get an hour of somebody's time, past or present, live or dead, and ask as many questions as you wanted, who would that person be and why? Hmm. So this is a good question. And I think what's interesting about a question like this is that it changes at different times in your life. Right now, I would say the person for me is Christine Kane. I'm so enamored by her work with A21 and human trafficking and also just all that her ministry has brought into my life. Um, I wouldn't have written my book without Propel, which is her women's study. Um, So I think that she would be my person right now. What is one thing that you believe most people would disagree with you on? Oh my gosh. Hmm. Um, that you need antibiotics for your cold. (laughs) You you don't need antibiotics for your cold. Contrary to popular belief, it is viral and you do not need an antibiotic. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. My wife would certainly agree with you on that. Uh, Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. How do you start your day? So I'm up early. I am at my desk ready to see patients by 6.30 a.m. So I wake up about five. Um, I get myself ready. I have a protein waffle and I make sure that I am in our parking garage early and I do a meditation so I'm in the right headspace to start my day. Uh, that's awesome. Chrissy, thank you so much for everything you've brought today and, and all of the wonderful anecdotes in preview of the book, where is the best place online that we can connect with you the most? Sure. So Instagram is probably the best place. It's where I'm most active. And that is at Christy Lee Cronin. And book is available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. And I love to connect. So feel free to reach out. 
Christy Lee Cronin. I will throw that into the show notes and as well as the link to your book on Amazon. Um, Thank you so much for being on the show today. Really excited about the book and about all of your success and look forward to staying connected with you in uh, the rest of 2020. Same. Thank you so much for having me. This is a great conversation. I appreciate it. You're welcome. And that wraps it up. Guys, if you want to go check out Christy's book, I've got the Amazon link in the show notes. I've also got her Instagram handle down there so you can connect with her, show her some love, tell her what you think about the book or the interview we just did. And you know, if you're getting value out of the show, I'd really appreciate you heading over to iTunes, leaving a written rating and review. It really helps me grow the show and uh, keeps engagement growing as the episode count increases. And if you want to connect with me down in the show notes, it's a place to do that as well. Uh, I've got all my social stuff, but obviously my calendar link is the most direct route to me. So head down there, get on the schedule. Let's let's have a quick chat, connect one-on-one and just get to know each other a little bit better because that's what it's all about. So guys, thank you so much. This is Hans Strazina, host of Another Way to Play. And remember to make every chapter better than the last. Thanks for joining in for this episode of Another Way to Play, making the next chapter of your life better than your last. For more insights and inspiration to help you make that personal leap, be sure to engage with Hans on social media and get your questions answered right here on the show. Reach out to Hans at Chief SNAH on Instagram, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Another Way to Play.